which Gabe obviously cut this part out of of the recording before it's an actual episode, please. Oh no, Gabe's not there. He'll never get this like, message. No, he's he'll never hear it. He'll never know. This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Captain's Log, Stardate, 2020-813. On the previous transmission, the party ventured to the Glade of the Nymphs in the company of Knights of Alaria, Idine, and Ray. After reviewing important historical events from each individual, the group was set upon by and quickly disbanded a band of brigands. Now, they make their way where few have gone before. After your battle with the bandits, uh, Ainine and Rain are going to escort you to the edge of the Glade of the Nymphs. The forest seems peaceful and welcoming, though you don't remember this being the entry point last you were here. Though in fairness, last you were here was directly from Oakmel, so, you know, different, different spot. Ainine turns to all of you. Is there anything else you will need? Yeah, we gotta dig up this X that marks the spot here. What are you talking about? Like, there's a giant X on the floor. Ainine looks over at Rain, who shrugs. Are you guys sure you can't come in there with us? Why would we need to? I mean, my recollection's a little hazy, but I feel like when we started this whole adventure, there was, like, a sign that said there was a Baba Yaga in there. Uh, that wasn't a sign... Mr. Boat, that was me telling you that the wrong direction takes you to the witching wood closer to where the Baba Yaga is. I mean, I don't think that invalidates my point at all. We don't need to fight her. She comes at us with her chicken legs. We're going to have to do something. But she didn't she she didn't attack us last time. And, And how do you know about the Baba Yaga's? Manifestation. I've traveled this world. I know all kinds of different myths and legends about creatures and stuff. Uh-huh. I've got a roll of parchment here. It says, notes to self. Dig under X-shaped trees outside Nymphglade. Go fight Baba Yaga. Those are the things it says. The, the X trees you all were talking about were directly outside the glade. We're outside the entire forest. Yeah, I know. That's. I just wanted to make sure that, like, I know what Johannes was putting down. I wanted to make sure that he knew that I recognized exactly what he was talking about. I'm glad Boat picked up that shovel so long ago so that we can dig things this time. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm alert. I'm ready for it. That's right. Koza, you weren't here last time. Do you have any questions? I, I think right now, uh, I just need to find out as we go, because I've, I don't even know where to begin with the Glade. With, what is it called? The, the Glade of the Nymphs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's where I'm from. We're going to go talk to a mysterious and ancient silver dragon. He's not terribly mysterious. He helped raise me. I know many things about him. Raise you full of mystery. I don't think I'm a particularly mysterious person. That's why you wear the mask all the time. For mystery. No, I wear the mask so I don't blind all of you. Wow, what a mysterious condition. That's that's not a condition, that's being a nymph. 
Being a nymph oh. sure is mysterious, though. Um, speaking of which, do we have any glasses yeah, for Koza sh- and Cole? Oh, no, but we we got we got those from the guards at the gate. Weren't there like dryads guarding the glade and they had the glasses? There were, but I don't know if we're going to have if they have more. It's cool. We'll, we'll just bird box it for everybody who doesn't have one. I'm sorry, what? We'll cover it's their like eyes. you're referencing a narrative structure that doesn't exist in this world. You all just don't you don't pay enough attention to the popular culture as we're traveling through these different lands. It was a very popular play in Ocean Var while we were there. I snuck out one night and saw it. I didn't even notice you sneak out to go to a play. Way to invite me, buddy. I wanted some alone time, man. We've all been hanging out, like, nonstop for months. Boats with the secret thespian. <laughs> I don't know if I would consider Bird Box the, uh, the height of cinema slash plays. Wow, really hating on Ocean Var cinema here. Yeah, you know, the Alita's cinema. Alita's not a fan have. of foreign theater. Uh, you guys are bickering outside of the Glade of the Nymphs. Rain and Ainine sort of give you a final farewell before they turn around and head back to Marine. Tell Leandros, I'll see him later. Goodbye. Farewell. I'll see you in Marine. Hey. <laughs> thanks. Thanks again for like the escort and everything. Like that's that's really appreciated. It was a pleasure to get to know all of you better. Well, that's I, that's not the usual sentiment of people that travel with us. I'm certain we will see you again. I look forward to it, provided it doesn't involve manacles. I don't know if you... You know, I'm going to let that one go. Be safe, all of you. Be well. So Rain and Ainine are going to turn around and head back to Marine, uh, leaving all of you to turn and direct your attention back to the forest. Alita is going to head into the forest overall with Cole and leads you along some very familiar trails. You go past all of the landmarks that you remember, despite entering from a different point in the wood. Uh, you come across the crossed trees, you pass the foreboding aura of the Witchwood, and then you arrive at the Druidic Sent- the, the Druidic- the Dryad Sentinels, who are standing there with spears, which they cross in front of you. Don't worry, Johannes, we're gonna dig that up on the way back out. Well, I'd hope so. You... I'll use my theater sneaking skills and we'll just come back here later when nobody's looking. Uh, so the dryad, one of the dryads turns. You, again, she has this veil over her face as she looks all of you confused. You've returned. Yeah, we, we got a relic. They look at each other very, very surprised. We d- didn't expect you to succeed. Yeah, I could tell by the fact that you still have spears crossed in front of us for some reason. They uncross the spears before you go here and they hand you two sets of glasses, one for Cole and the other for Koza. Koza, add it to your inventory sheet. Man, that problem solved itself. They did. They did have them. I just wanted to make sure that you guys remembered to equip them so we didn't have another character go permanently blind. That would be ideal. If you don't like that style, they've got a pink sunglasses hut inside. You can kind of just turn the things and find the ones that that look best for you. I like the idea that this is like the novelization of the Wizard of Oz and all of you think that it's just like 
everything is made out of like ruby and is all pink because of the because of the amber lenses. So you all walk into the glade and it is as peaceful and serene as you remember. You hear distantly the sound of the rushing water from Alden's place. Though among the people, among the nymphs and the dryads in the glade, you see a white-robed, what appears to be an elven man with long silver hair and a huge scar going down one eye, scarring it shut. Boat, I know you're excited for your rematch with the scary fairy, but we should probably save that. Alita's really excited to go talk to Alden. Uh, Alita has already booked it towards this elvish guy. I guess we're going to go talk to this elvish guy first, though. (laughs) Uh, She is going to run and jump. He is going to hug her and spin her around before putting her down. I'm so glad to see you are well. We have a lot to discuss. I assume you've succeeded in recovering the first relic. He turns and looks at all of you. Where is Eek? Oh, that's, um, that's, that's going to be a big part of story time. Um, yeah. He looks concerned and then turns towards, uh, Koza. And you are? Um, uh, hello, um, I'm Koza. They call me Lord Alden. It is a pleasure to meet you. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you too let us go there is this is not an appropriate place for this conversation he says with the scary fairy flexing behind him and doing throat slitting motions (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the gun show she's gotten terrifyingly beefy since you guys since you guys have left she's had months of just straight muscle building Solonar's like pointing at the elvish guy and then he's like, but wait, that's Alden? What? Hmm? That's supposed to be Lord Alden. The di- that guy just introduced himself as Lord Alden. I mean, I don't really get it either. People have the same name sometimes. That's <laughs> true. The same name and title? Like No, Lord's Lord's, is, Lord's this guy's first name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, um, uh, you all are acting like, um, this person looked different last time you were here? Well, you remember how I said we were going to go talk to a mysterious ancient silver dragon? Yeah, is that- That dragon was bald. He was like Lord Balden. Well, he was- That's so dumb! That's not even funny! Are you sure? Because I thought that he lived by himself near a pond. He was Lord Walden. Get it out of your systems. When he gets the water really hot, then he's Lord Scalden. And he cooks it up in his Lord Cauldron. And he's really sad he's Lord Malden. <laughs> you mean Maudlin? Yes. <laughs> so all of you, I assume, follow Alden and Alita into the into the area where he was to begin with. He steps out into the water and his body glows a brilliant white as it expands and ultimately results in the dragon you all are familiar with. Oh, they caught me off guard completely. He's over 9,000. Alita kind of looks at you guys like, shut up, we're finally here. How? How Mm. can that big dragon fit inside that tiny, tiny man body? I can transform. Many dragons have this gift. I bet his navel is like a bag of holding where all the extra mass goes. 
<laughs> Many dragons have the ability to transform into other things. Well, okay, sure, but like, I I don't know. It seems weird that you can be a super huge dragon, but also a like normal sized person. Where does I, where does all your extra body go? I I can't explain enough to you guys how this is a magical world. I feel I, like a dragon transforming into a humanoid is one of the least fanciful things we have introduced. Excuse, excuse you. Everything else in Solinar's perspective makes some degree of magical sense. This is mind blowing and baffling. Okay, I would I, also I, like to point out you guys didn't argue the physics of the parachute pants, but you guys are arguing the physics of the mass distribution of transformation. You didn't do that with Koza yeah. turning into a stoat. Oh, you got a fair point there. I'm pretty sure the uh, like scaling is about the same from dragon yeah. to human as human to weasel. Koza turned into a ferret and you guys were like, well, that seems normal. But the second a magical creature does the same thing, you guys are like, well, hold on there. They were busy being scared to death by the doll witch. Yeah, I was playing with dolls. I was was scared really the emotion you guys were doing? Terrified. All People approach trauma in different ways. We all collectively <laughs> apparently just do it with humor. Alden kind of looks. Many dragons have the ability to transform. Okay, man, that just, I, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around the concept of large creature being small creature. I think you could argue he's a gargantuan creature. I mean, I don't think Solonar's going to use game rules size terminology. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I want to make sure that you could, we're all You the could same argue it. All right, all right. We can all agree that Alden is more than meets the eye. So let's stop looking at him like a bunch of backwoods yokels and just get on with it. I don't know if I would be quite so aggressive, but I am excited to hear about your adventures and your acquisition of the first relic. Where did all your hair go? I, I'm sorry? It's all gone. You just got scales on your head. Dragons aren't mammals, dummy. That's oh, why he no. doesn't have hair. Alita has put her face in her hands and is like, guys, please, we're finally back. Please take this seriously. All right. Well, well, who wants to start? Like the first leg of our journey, going to the village. Am I starting? Is that what's happening? I believe that you are showing the gumption of it, young Solinar. Okay. However... You must have had quite the journey to Oshanvar overall. We went we went to a village and we found a magic boat and the people on that magic boat were pretty cool and we fought a sea monster and then after a very long sea voyage we arrived in Oshanvar and there was a city there that was under some malevolent rule of a blue dragon and we helped raise up the repressed people and they started a riot and also lots of fires. And then we got out of there because it got really dangerous really fast and we had important places to be. Oh, and Boat became the guard captain of the city. That's right. I was about to say that myself, but I'm glad you said it instead so I didn't come off as a braggart. <laughs> um, he stole a cape. Alden looks over at Koza. Oh, I was just going to ask um, how, how that came to be. But honestly, um... Mr. Gravyboat just stealing a cape and believing it means something 
that that tracks. Well, he did kill the previous guard captain with a wicked suplex and then steal his cape. So it's not like the guard captain was alive to keep being the guard captain. So somebody had to take the role. Yeah, that's also when we learned that our horse Snuffles is a bloodlusted demon who feasts on the flesh of scared people. Uh, I don't... uh, She helped defend the cart. I don't know if that's quite the same thing as a bloodlusted demon. She thirsts for blood. I mean, I think it's fair to say she thirsts for blood. So after that, we continued down the trail, leaving bloody footprints in our wake on our way to a small town where they had a bit of a big problem. What's that problem, you ask? Alden raises his dragon eyebrows in waiting for you to finish. That's right, werewolves! They were uh, hooting and hollering and taking everybody with them. But we came in there. I like how even Johannes acknowledges that this was a ridiculous plot line. (laughs) We put on our our big boy spurs and we kicked them right out. And that's where I was able to complete my ensemble and get my cowboy hat. I'm sorry. Le coup de grace. This this fine imitation Stetson I've got sitting on top of my dome. I thought you pulled that hat out of the cart. Like, I thought you had that hat for a long time. Did that only show up after Palabar? Like, did you find it in the cart after? Wait a minute. Someone re-harnessed Snuffles in Palabar. And I've been wondering about this for a long time. Are you saying they also stuffed a cowboy hat under the bench seat while they were doing it? The way I see it, this is my pet theory, is that somebody was trying to steal the cart and Snuffles. And they were a cowboy or some other kind of brigand who had a fancy style and perhaps some leather chaps. And Snuffles showed her true colors and fought them off and took the hat as a prize (laughs) and put it under the seat. That raises so many more questions, but that's not really what's important. What's important is we made it to the Shrine of Brass, received the key, And then we're able to get into the Temple of Brass and recover the relic, which was the entire reason we left in the first place. Oh, yeah. Gravy's wearing it around his neck. Before we get into the Temple of Brass, like we had we had prophetic visions in the Shrine of Brass. And I was actually wondering if Lord Alden knows anything about brass dragons having portents. Oh, most dragon temples and shrines are set for things like holy rituals and prophecies and things such as that. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some ancient magic in the shrine that attuned to all of you, especially given the weight of destiny that you bear. Well, when you put it that way, it sounds cool as hell. Which is not what I recall my vision being like. He sort of looks and gestures with a claw for you to continue explaining what happened with your vision. I was being chased down the streets of Talaire like some sort of wanton criminal. Mr. Solinar, you are a wanton criminal. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean people have to chase me like one. I mean, if you break laws and people are coming after you, you only have immunity in Alaria. Hmm. Well, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I assume says you. <laughs> I assume the rest of you had visions then. He's looking at all of you expectantly. Do, do you guys not remember your visions at all? Nope. 
Yeah, let me tell you about my vision. <laughs> there was seven different types of cheeses, and one of them was shooting out of a fountain. Actually, Johannes's vision was at a dinner party where he was entertaining all the guests. Boat's vision was of a woman in blue robes hailing him as a champion. A woman that would have looked very familiar at this point. Oh, can I roll a history check to see if I remember? Yes. That's a 12. You remember that the woman in your vision was Maheni. All of a sudden, Boat's eyes go wide. <laughs> Is he having a That's So Raven flashback? <laughs> I, was thinking more, I was thinking more like Chuck, but I'll accept That's So Raven. And his eyes going wide look like dinner plates, and it reminds Johannes of his vision. <laughs> yeah, like visually, uh, like his eyes go wide, the camera zooms in on them, and you start seeing like transparent visions of Maheni from like different times that they were talking to each other just like fly past his head and then ultimately it ends with an image of the the woman in blue cheering him on and he's like oh my goodness I had a vision of Maheni I just realized it how did you not notice that when you met Maheni there was a lot of stuff going on the last few months it's been very hard to process everything that's happened to me on a day-to-day basis you remember that you thought the woman in your vision was pretty, but not when you actually met her. I mean, maybe in my vision, she'd had some time to do herself up a little bit. <laughs> Look, here's the deal. Boat's right. We did go through a lot, which reminds me of some of the things we went through. Like after we got that relic, we were continuing through this godforsaken desert that's never been looked on kindly by any god that's ever existed ever. And we went to go play in some games. You're so- just gonna you're just gonna skip over the demonic bone snake that was guarding the relic chambers. Uh, oh, that's actually very important, Lord Alden. The temple was infested with monsters, and there was something very evil guarding the relic. It was named Uja. It was it was certainly a fight. That does trouble me. If the temples have been infested, then I believe your journey going forward will be more dangerous than I thought. I mean, you already thought it was pretty dangerous. That's why you have us in here, right? Like guarding Alita and protecting her from danger. I just want to point out, though, that other than Uja, most of the danger I've been in, they have put me in. Well, it's part of learning and, you know... Becoming more world-weary. You're terrible bodyguards. Not Look at who's alive right now. That has a lot more to do with my mace and a lot less to do with your ability to bodyguard. I don't know. Seems to me like... Too real for you? This mission wouldn't be nearly as successful if you were all on your own. There's been lots of things that we've done. Like, uh, outrunning the blue dragon that was waiting outside the brass temple for us. There were a lot of them in the desert. The fact that you saw over twice as many as I did, and I was concerned for our well-being, leads me to believe that you could be a better party communicator. I thought that my bodyguards were going to be perceptive. No, I'm good at fighting stuff. I'm not good at noticing things. How are you a good rogue and not good at noticing things? Uh, because of my dashing good looks? Th- not that one. That's, well, that's all the books I've read about rogues use the word dashing. 
And so and there we think- were, dashing through the games, as if driven by some greater purpose. All of these contestants stood in our way, to our left, to our right, even our friends, like, what was his name? Warren? Warren! But we made our way through all of them, on our way to fight the true champion of the games, a hungry dragon. It is, uh, Johannes, I know you don't like talking about this part of the adventure, but it is probably wise to note the fact that right about the time we became champions for the games was right about the time that Eek's obsession led him to blinding himself in Alita's tent. Our original companion, Eek, who brought us all together, was pulled apart from us and left in the clutches of an evildoer with bad hair. Let's be honest. She doesn't have bad hair, and I cannot emphasize enough how much she doesn't have bad hair. It's all split ends. At best, Eek was one foot in this party, one foot out. You didn't help matters, Boat. Oh, I didn't help matters. I didn't help matters when he was stealing from everyone and breaking into your tent in the middle of the night. You threw a javelin at him. To teach him a lesson and stop him. No, you did it because you were angry. I purposefully missed him. I just wanted him to know I was onto him. I think that's disingenuous. Yeah, so if you couldn't pick up from context clues, Boat is the reason we have a we-don't-throw-javelins-at-party-members rule now. Yeah, well, I got plenty of daggers. What happened? Alden looks deadly serious right now. Who wants, who wants to tell it? Who wants to talk about what exactly went down with Eek? I'll do it. All right, but be fair, man. All right, I'll objectively and honestly tell the story of what happened. So Eek was suspicious. He was acting really weird. He started, like, secreting stuff away, uh, stealing stuff, lying to us about stuff. And eventually he ended up uh, taking a genie's bottle that had, like, a genie or a gin in it, depending on, like, when you opened it's it. It's a gin or an ifrit. That's right, a gin or an ifrit. I want to make sure we're being very, very specific on these. A gin or an ifrit, and you never knew which one was going to come out. But he kept opening the darn thing. Then I think we finally took it from him. And then he snuck into Alita's tent in the middle of the night to steal it back. Uh, Woke her up. She didn't have her mask on. He blinded himself. He ran away. He got seduced to the dark side and was uh, taken by this evil priestess. And he went into a portal and abandoned us. Tell me more about this priestess. Um, Don't forget the bad hair. Yeah, she, she had doesn't the, have bad hair. She has really actively nice hair because she's a vain character. It was like she had yeah, a quarantine cut. Oh my gosh. She um, she had an immaculate uh, hairpiece, and it looked delightful. I I'm pretty sure it was her natural hair. She just styled it very fancifully, and she was uh, dressed in black. And I think she took advantage of Eek's naivete. She was a blonde woman. Uh, I think she was like a black dragon priest or something. I think she she had she was lactose intolerant. I don't remember that much about her, but okay, if you say so, buddy. I don't feel like that came. I don't feel like whether or not she could digest cheese came up. You could tell that she probably had some type of slight foot fungus. But her feet were very pretty. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but she had a menace about her. And I don't understand, no pun intended, how he couldn't see what was happening. 
I think she played with his mind and got him to think thoughts that weren't his. And then this is I'm concerning. I may or may not have uh, sent a javelin vaguely in the same direction as Eek. He threw a javelin at Eek. So after that, we cried and we did the one thing we knew we could do. You know, one thing Eek would want us to do. And we went and we won the games. With my friend, Dwayneathy, we were able to conquer most of the half-hazard competition that was thrown at us until a giant dragon landed and said, nope, I'm going to eat all of you, and then started killing people left and right for no reason at all. But we were able to stop it with the power of smell. Your friend, Dwayneathy, I was, I was like your co-champion. Who's Dwayneathy? He was lost during the dragon attack. Dwayneathy was the rock he was using. Oh, that makes way more sense. Okay. Yeah, there's still a rock headpiece where he lies. It's a shame Dwayneathy didn't actually throw that endless decanter of perfume. Because then he could have turned around, looked at the camera and said, Hey, dragon, do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> it was a rock, guys. Lobster. No, it was uh, it was a rock. It didn't even have as much sentience as a rock lobster. So after that, we did what we had to do, which was keep our feet moving and go and figure out what happened to the town the dragon came from, because we figured that'd be a good thing to do. And on our way there, what did we see? But people flying more thing dragon things. They were throwing rocks. And then we ended up staying with this old hermit who was super cool. He was running a spa where you could sleep with potatoes and they kept you warm. Wait, did Johannes, I don't understand the things you're missing. Like, you killed a blue dragon. You killed a blue dragon almost, not quite, but almost single-handedly. Well, it killed Dwayne. You're just gonna gloss over that? Like, you, you annihilated it. And through that action, we became best friends with Maheni, who I think is, like, really important in Ocean Var. She was one of the four great chiefs. Oh, she's the one Boat had his vision about. Like before, yeah. she thought we were a bunch of jerks. But after we killed a blue dragon, that's when we were like real business. We were hard jerks. I was about to say, I think she still thinks we're probably a bunch of jerks. I mean, we, we traveled with her to uh, what the, the Orden, no. Od Odra? Odra, that's the one. We went with her to Odra because the blue dragon said that they blew it up and we were going to check that out. And on the way there, that's where we met Cole, who's now our little buddy who just hangs out all the time. But he can't talk because of some sort of evil magic within him. Yep. Cole kind of excitedly waves to Alden. He's excited. He's part of the story. That's Cole. He's part of the story. <clears throat> he single handedly killed a bear. What? He learned really good survival techniques. That was that was later. He didn't kill a bear until we were on the Ghost Island. And we shouldn't we shouldn't just skip forward to Ghost Island cuz like more important stuff happened. Like like Koza when you found that cave, that cave with all the crystals and stuff. Oh, oh, at the at the village that had been attacked. Yeah. That might have been where the blue dragon lived, but when we arrived, um there was a, a priest of the blue dragons there. Yeah, hold up. I can't remember. Did we fight that guy? We killed that guy. Okay. I bit his throat. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you guys don't remember the mouse murder. Johannes was being quiet like a mouse, and so he bit him in the throat. 
He bled like a stuck pig. God. Yeah, are, like, are we not remembering? He was like, I'm a mouse! And then, like, tore his throat out with his teeth. It's what mice do. <laughs> that was a little horrifying. Yeah, Koza, that was, that was the big cave with all the lightning and stuff. Yeah, it was strange, though. All the, all the, the energy in the cave seemed to just disappear after we killed the priest, including the the uh the blue dragon um what would you call them hatchlings that were there oh yeah we never did figure out where those hatchlings went and didn't we get something off the guy that had like messages or something uh yes uh those glasses uh mr johannes has them hey johannes hey they are look at me i'm from the future you want to sh- you want to <laughs> show this to alden and maybe he can like make better sense actually do, do any of us know what they're saying right now? Who can read Draconic? I guess Alden and Lolita. Uh, yeah, I can. Beep, bop, boop, here's your glasses. <laughs> yeah, these we recovered from, well, technically the body of a blue dragon priest. They, when put on, and if you fiddle with them like this, it raises the, it, it puts out the words one down, four to go. Hmm. That is troubling, but I do not know what they could be referring to. Maybe the five wrestling champions of the world. All from different disciplines of the sport. They're different disciplines of wrestling? Yeah, Gravy Boat only beat the guy who arm wrestles. Yeah, there is. There is Lucha Libre high flying. There's mat based technical wrestling. There's showy wrestling. There's catch as catch can. There's all kinds of wrestling. Uh huh. And they say, if one can defeat the champions of all the different disciplines and gain the five belts, one will be the most powerful wrestler on earth. That doesn't even make sense, though. One down, four to go. Yeah. We're running around the world getting a bunch of dragon statues. It makes as much sense as anything in this world. I would argue that it might make more sense since it's in dragon language and we found it on a dragon priest, that maybe it has something to do with the aforementioned dragon relics. Maybe. You're probably right. Regardless, whatever it means, we were able to get the first relic, which I think is the most important thing. Even if we ended up losing one of the prophesied heroes in the meantime. These things have a way of working themselves out. I I don't know about that. I mean, I'm still convinced that we're going to see Emberlyn uh, and Eek again, just on account of, like, Emberlyn's going to be trying to stop us. And so we're just going to have to, when she shows up, we're just going to have to be better at not throwing javelins at Eek. Which I think is doable. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think that's everything. Well... We on the way back we like got shipwrecked on that ghost island and I think we were in the Feywilds for a little while or whatever they're called. Yeah, and I started a company with Snuffles called Snuff Joe Jowsco. Oh yeah, we 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 made a bunch of alliances while we were doing stuff. And like they can all be conglomerates of Snuff Joe Jowsco. Cause like we met this woman named Nell who's trying to stop uh Boros Empire slavers, 
and she said that she'd like us to work with her. Mahani said that she'd like to work with us. She apparently has dragon powers or something. Um, like, she can see visions. And then when we got back to Alaria after the weird ghost island thing, because the woman in the storm totally destroyed our ship, then once we got back to Alaria, then we met the Alarian knights and the, the queen of Alaria, and they wanted to work with us. So, like, we're just we're just racking up friends left and right. That is popular. That is incredibly good. If we can, if you can secure as many alliances as possible, that might that might turn the tides if things become worse with the chromatics. Yeah, so long story short, we went over there, we got a relic, we made some allies, we met this kid named Cole, here he is, say hi, he doesn't talk, and we're back. And better than ever. I see. There is much good to this. I am glad you were able to secure alliances, it is good you were able to get the first relic. I am saddened by the loss of Eek. However... I was anticipating your arrival soon, and I did prepare these for you. He waves his claw, and a a rectangular light shines up, and out of the light come five small parcels, each with one of your names on them. Ooh. No presents? Lord Alden, it's not even my birthday. We didn't get you anything, except this dragon statue. I believe it is wise for you to hold on to the relic for now. Wait, Though no. I will not object if you want to leave it in my safekeeping. I was going to say hold on, because we were, we were being told by basically everybody that we should be offloading this thing as soon as possible, somewhere where it can't be stolen from us by chromatic dragons. I am happy to keep it safe for now. Though that means that Boat is going to lose that charisma bonus. Oh, well. All right, so you guys are going to give him the relic? Yeah. All right. I feel like that's wise. All right, mark the relic off your inventory, Brandon. Yep. All right. Now, each of you has a parcel. Alden is going to take Eek's parcel and wave his claw over it, and it changes the word Eek to Koza. Is it spelled right? Yes. What's the last name on it? Magical (laughs) regifting. What was that, Alon? What's the last name on that parcel? It's just your first names. Oh. What does it say for mine? Does it say Charles? Yes. Okay. How are they wrapped? Uh, They are wrapped up in leaves and uh, bound together with twine. Um, Koza takes his package and undoes (laughs) the twine and gently undoes the leaf wrapping. As you pull the con- the contents of the parcel out, it is a, sil- a purple silken bag uh, bound with a really elaborate gold cord. If you open it inside are, s- are swirled green and turquoise beans. Beans? Yes, eight of them to be exact. Eight beans, okay. Eat them. Um, Eat the beans. Uh, <laughs> um, let uh, let me know, and you want to know what those are. Uh, Lima. You, how, how insistent are you all about eating the beans? 
the most not very full of beans. I, I feel like just jamming random food you receive into your mouth is probably unwise I when it's a giant magical creature. Every night at dinner. Also, arguably, it's unwise to not eat the gift given to you by a giant magical creature. It's very rude. <laughs> um, Solonar's just going to rip his package open. He is not going to be gentle or delicate about it. Wonderful. So opening your package reveals a pair of black leather gloves that are finely made and uh, embroidered with silver thread. Lord Alden, you know exactly my style. Thank you. Uh, add to your inventory gloves of thievery. <laughs> um, do these beans look like beans that you would eat? Yes. They they look like <laughs> dried beans, and your innate magical senses that you have tell you probably shouldn't eat them. Um, they're they're beans. They are. Magical beans. Like the ones every cat has. <laughs> oh, it's delightful. All right. So uh, as Boat rips into his package, it looks to be a almost like a long amulet that to be worn around the neck with a gold chain and a symbol of health and strength hanging as the pendant. What does the symbol look like? Uh, the symbol looks like a physical heart that appears to have blood rushing through it. So not like a, a Valentine's Day card heart, but an actual four-chambered heart. Yes, and there appears to be some kind of light effect that looks like blood pumping through it. Uh, <laughs> this is really going to complete your ensemble. <laughs> Brandon, add the periapt of health to your to your inventory. All right. What does it do? Uh, Periapt of health. You are immune to contracting any disease while you wear this pendant. If you're already infected with a disease, the effects of this disease are suppressed. How much chain does it have? Like, <laughs> does your chain hang low? It, it's enough that it can comfortably uh, sit like maybe three inches below your sternum. So if I if I added maybe some extra linkage to it, I could wear it like a belt. I guess you could. Also, you're wearing your Serpentine Heritage Ossuary Championship belt. It can go behind what that. Are you wearing 19? What are you wearing? The periapt is a wallet chain? No, like a belt, like a loose belt. I just okay. boat don't go in for necklaces much. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't the considering that with the magical boons I was giving you, you ungrateful jerk. I was going to say that's weird statement. Go on, Chapman. Yeah, didn't Boat fashion some relic from one of the uh, temples? That was more of a joke than anything, and it was so gaudy that it was obvious he was wearing it for attention. You, This is... Everything he does is for attention. You fashioned the brass relic into a necklace that you wore until Alita was like, you can't just wear that everywhere. So you took the brass dragon replica that we found Look, in another dungeon. We're done with dungeon. recaps. Let's just move on. <laughs> you wore that as a necklace. Chapman, what Koza has been given is the bag of beans. Um, uh, great, thanks. I got some dried beans. <laughs> the bag could have gone to beans. the grocery store. There's so many of them there. Its magical property is that you can cook them almost any way, and they're Will pretty good. Will you shut up? 
If you dump the bag's contents on the ground, they explode in a 10-foot radius extending from the beans. Each creature in the area, including you, must make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw, taking 5d4 fire damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful. The fire Don't eat those beans. The fire ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn or carried. If you remove a bean from the bag, plant it in dirt or sand, and then water it, the bean produces an effect one minute later from the ground where it was planted. The DM can choose the effect from the following table, determine it randomly, or create an effect. It's a bag of good beans for a good bean. It's not called the bag of good beans. That will give him a different thing. Oh my god. The bag of good beans just summons a bunch of golden retrievers. It's Airbud. <laughs> so, Johannes? Yes. Do you want to open your parcel, which looks bigger than everybody else's? I'm going to take my time, make sure that I preserve this wrapping paper so it can be reused later. It's leaves. It's wrapped in leaves. Oh, leave me alone. I'm just going to unwrap it. Ugh. So uh, you take your time opening the parcel to reveal this deep red cloak with a hood sewn into it. The edge of it is embroidered in golden thread. Hey, look at me. I'm Little Red Riding Hood. (laughs) It does. It does feel a Little Red Riding Hood-esque. However, the cloak itself is particularly heavy. It's made of a very thick fabric. Oh, man, this is one of those power clothes that boat wears the weighted clothing so he can train if you want to tell yourself yeah that. me and piccolo have a lot of stories about that uh not not that one piccolo's a wrestler he won the namek championship <laughs> he also spilled something on him and turned himself green uh so the cloak of protection which I am not going to require attunement for this item uh it gives you a plus one bonus to AC and saving throws while you wear it Johannes is going to be impossible to hit. Speaking weren't of tanks. You already, weren't you already like a 19 AC? I am now. So Cloak of Protection is plus one to AC and what? And plus one to saving throws made while wearing it. Whoa. Real quick, uh, Josh, do you know what the Gloves of Thievery do? I do not, but I assume they have to do with thieving. Oh my god, they're they... gone. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is my wallet. While wearing them, you gain a plus five bonus to dexterity sleight of hand checks and dexterity checks made to pick locks. What? My sleight of hand is going to be insane. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a little bit crazy. My thieves tools are already plus six. And my sleight of hand is also already plus six. I have plus 11 for both now. I think the DM's trying to tell you something. I think I think Solinar is going to go from being a so-so rogue to being the best rogue anyone's ever seen. And still a terrible hype man. I think the DM's trying to encourage Bo to take more risks with his health. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of magic items, um, Lord Alden, have you heard of a shop that just shows up in random places and the guy in the shop doesn't have a face and... The shop doesn't have a name, and he has all kinds of magic items for sale. Is that familiar to you at all? What? <laughs> That's a fair response. <laughs> the, 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 there's a magic shop that just shows up, and it's got magic items, and the dude doesn't have a face. Oh, yeah. I Alden kind of looks at you confused. I know nothing of this. 
Oh, I mean, he seems friendly enough. Alden Alden does his best to approximate a dragon shrug. Okay, I mean, I just, I don't know, like, you know more about magic stuff, like legendary things, than I think I would. Well, unfortunately, I am not terribly familiar with whoever this person is, but if you believe they are helpful, then I welcome their aid. Well, that's where Boat got his clarinet of Discord. And that's where, uh, what else have we bought from that place? Oh, we had those, like, super cool, like, rice bow things. Those were neat. While you guys are talking, Alita is going to walk up and pick up the parcel for her, which appears to be a letter. It's the You guys can keep going, I'm just letting you guys know. It's the letter C for cranberries. Dear Alita, I didn't get you anything because I lost all the money I was going to use to buy your present betting on the ponies. Uh, not that one. Oh, it's the other letter. It's the one right behind it. <laughs> Is there anything else that I must know? He looks at all of you expectantly. I once I lied to a teacher that I did my homework, but really... I was still doing it in her class. That is not what I referred to, Lord Johannes, but I appreciate your candor. Uh, we killed one of the great chiefs of Ocean Var. It was not really intentional, but he he came after Mahenny, and so there might be a war in Ocean Var soon. I I don't know how much you handle outside of Alaria stuff. I feel like we probably should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah, probably. I didn't really think about it. My gosh, we lost so many oranges in the ocean and it might be changing the global ecosystem. I'm sad we lost those oranges. Those were good oranges. Regardless, please stay in the glade for a couple of days. Regain your strength. Rest. We will take care of you here before you set out for the next key. I mean, out of game, you know, if Boat has something that is preventing him from contracting any disease while he's wearing it. Oh, no. Straight to the... There could be some fun had there. Gross.